Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to another session with Muslim Circle. Today's guest is uh, Sheikh Abdul Wahid Peterson. He is born and raised in Denmark, a revert from uh, who, who reverted to Islam in 1982. So I'm very, very happy to be able to host Sheikh Abdul Wahid Peterson, whom I've been uh, knowing since childhood. So he was he was actually my childhood imam in Copenhagen. So all my friends uh, were always excited about going for Jummah in Danish because back then pretty much all the, the khutbas were, were either in Danish, Turkish, or no, sorry, either in Arabic, Turkish, or Urdu. So having someone giving the khutbah in Danish was, was very different and something that we were all looking forward for. He's been, um, he's been a very vocal Islamic figure in Denmark and uh, and he's been he's been spreading islams i, I mean been been a, a big part been been playing a big part of spreading islam in denmark as well and uh, today we are hosting him to speak about um how, how we as muslims should be uh, in harmony with the nature and i'm looking very much forward uh, for your sharing uh, sheikh abdul wahid uh, the word is yours thank you very much for joining us Thank you so much, Jazakallah Khairan. And so good to see you, my brother. Since many, many years, uh, we've been close and uh, dear friends. And it's always good to see your uh, beautiful face and listen to your voice. We have lovely for all your good work. And even we've had the chance also to share breakfast in KL uh, some years ago. And inshallah, next time I get there, we'll do that again. Uh, when we look at Islam, uh, it's often called Deen al-Fitr, the Deen of, of, of what is natural, of, of the origin. Uh, it, is, uh, it is a Deen which links us up to our own origin and to the origin of creation. It puts us in our place, so to speak, uh, which is very important for us as people because because we have been put into this by Allah the Almighty. Uh, what I'm going to tell you, it's nothing new, but uh, but uh, but uh, it's always good to 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 put it into words because we all know that Allah existed before creation, and Allah will exist after creation. Uh, so so Allah is the only constant and creation of which we are part uh, is not a constant although in our limited capacity as people we often tend to see it as such we often tend to see this world dunya as uh, as all and everything uh, but when we think of the fact that allah created it all and uh, he was there before it all came into being. Then he created the whole universe and everything which is in it uh, by his will. He, he doesn't uh, work, he, he creates by ordering and his will is manifest. So in a way we can say we are the manifestation of Allah's will. Uh, and Allah is outside 
time and space because time and space are measures that are only relevant uh, when in, in, in this world. But for the one who created everything which defines time and space, then obviously time and space is not the same. So uh, we're put into all of this by someone who can actually, at this very moment, see Adam and Eve and see us and see however many generations are to come. He can see every tree. He can see every leaf dropping from every, every tree by his command. He can see every creature in all parts of the world in every time of the whole span of thousands or millions of years of creation. All of this is constantly upheld by Allah. And he put us in here, as he says in the Quran, as his Khalifa. So uh, by doing that, Allah has given us uh, an extremely important task. Uh, we all know the place in the Quran where Allah speaks to the angels and he says, I'm going to put a Khalifa into earth. I'm going to put somebody to, to, to take care of my interests, somebody who's going to handle matters, so to speak. Uh, and the angels are shocked because they look at this uh, shape of man. Not, not, I'm not talking about the physical shape, the spiritual shape of man. And, and, and they say, uh, what's this? You're going to put that, that thing in there? He's spilling blood and he's causing havoc. He's a, he's a big troublemaker. Uh, but, but Allah knows, as he says, what they don't know. Uh, because he taught us some things uh, that can that can make us different from every human being or from oh, sorry from every other created being often we tend to think of the angels as being higher beings than men and in in some ways they are but in other ways they are not because when Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who was a man who was born and who died, when he entered into the seventh heaven, even the highest of angels couldn't follow him in there. So the human potential is bigger than even the angelic potential. I'm not saying this because I believe we can all become uh, uh, anything uh, even close to that, but or remotely close. But I'm saying this because Allah has given us some options and some some uh, possibilities that He has given to no other creature in all of creation. But He has also given us responsibilities, and obviously, when we are His Khalifa on the planet, then our responsibility is to 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 tend to the planet in the way that Allah wants us to do it. And here we can say we probably, if we should uh, be diplomatic, we, we could say we probably have some flaws and shortcomings here. Uh, we seem not to be so good at it. Right now, of course, uh, it, it doesn't look too bad because the whole world has ground to a halt due to a microscopic being that has stopped uh, the whole world from running at its normal pace. But 
until this virus came upon us, it seemed that that uh, we as people uh, believe that uh, we can have an unlimited growth and an unlimited expansion in a limited sphere. And this sphere, of course, is the planet Earth. I mean, this doesn't make sense. Uh, when you are within a limited sphere, you cannot uh, strive for the unlimited. And that has clearly been shown in the way that we have uh, abused uh, nature and, and misused the resources and the powers that we have uh, in a way that we have grossly uh, overstepped our limits and we have put the whole world in peril. And that is so much against what our beloved Prophet taught us. Long before the term environmentalist was coined, he was an environmentalist. May the endless blessings and peace of Allah be upon him and his noble family and followers. And I say this because we have so many things in the hadith showing how much he cared for nature. Yeah, like the story about a man making his wudu next to a running stream, probably like a, a small river or something. And he said to the man, uh, don't use too much water. So the man says, I'm, I'm sitting here next to a, 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 a small stream flowing by. And the prophet again said, don't use too much water. He was, he was cautious about, conscious about the, uh, the, 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 the uh, spillage of water. Although uh, the man was sitting, as the hadith tells, next to a running stream. So he knew that we have to preserve the natural resources uh, that are out there. Uh, and that's certainly not the, we can say, uh, that's not where we have excelled as human beings over the past uh, few decades, particularly since the, what we can call the industrial revolution uh, started uh, running. We have, uh, we have been exploiting the resources, constantly increasing the speed of production and the speed of consumption, uh, and kind of blindly stumbling down that uh, alley of, 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 uh, of consumption. And that has certainly, if not entirely, then certainly to a large extent been part of the reason why our planet is suffering. The earth is suffering, the air is suffering, water is suffering, the animals are suffering, and even we as people are suffering, although we may not recognize it in the same way. Allah created it all in balance and in harmony. And it is our job to uphold that harmony and, and, and make sure that we don't upset the scales, that we don't upset the balance that he created everything in. He says in the Quran that everything in the heavens and the earth 
and in between even is praising him but that we are not able to understand now even the rocks praise the lord we can't hear them because we don't know this language of rocks I, somehow i imagine it's a very very slow language but trees and birds and uh, all living creatures are in the praise of the lord in one way or the other obviously of course first of all by obeying his laws they don't upset anything they they are not greedy uh, they don't uh, transgress the limits they they do things according to that nature which allah has put into them whereas we as man were greedy uh, greedy beyond limits and uh, and we uh, uh, we we consume and even what we don't consume we we throw out and sometimes we throw it out in ways that that uh, will harm ourselves another few miles down the road uh, with the, all the pollution that we cause so the 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 universe is in a constant uh, uh, gratitude to allah in, in a constant dhikr of allah uh, and we are largely anyway in ghafla in in some kind of of bewilderment or or uh, uh, some kind of of uh, uh, unableness to see not that we're blind but simply that we're so confused and we're so uh, preoccupied by other matters that we don't see uh, what is really going on here Prophet Muhammad والسلام, uh, once uh, came upon a man who cursed his camel and he said to this man, set it free. And the man was like, why, why should I set it free? He said, you cursed it, it's not yours any longer. Uh, he, was, he was a man who cared so much about nature. Although this was not uh, it was not like a, a political move or anything it was just that Allah planted this into this wonderful person that he was may the endless blessings and peace of Allah be upon him and uh, somehow he understood the depth of this obligation that we have as humans uh, towards all other parts of creation and he was voicing it to he, he didn't just leave it as sort of i have this feeling and i'll carry it with me no he he actually expressed it to his followers in so many different ways so they would know uh, the importance of this there's that, this uh, one saying from him may the endless blessings and peace of allah be upon him where he says that if you're standing uh, with a sprout of a tree in your hands and you hear the the, the the trumpets of doomsday then you plant it he, he i mean who would who would think of that uh, when 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 everything is collapsing around you and and you can see everything is falling apart and and the, the mountains are crumbling and the oceans are overflowing and uh, the earth is cracking open and whatever else 
it's not the time you start planting a tree. Well, according to our beloved prophet, it is. Uh, because even though things are caving in on us, we still don't know tomorrow. Only Allah knows what tomorrow will bring. And we don't. So we should always have this, uh, this feeling with us that uh, we have to until the until we can't do anything any longer we still have to lift our obligation towards allah allah is the creator is also uh, the upholder uh, he will keep things running as long as he wants uh, and he does it constantly uh, right now he's uh, with me with all of you guys he's making our hearts beat I don't make my own heart beat. If I should, I'm sure I would mess up with these four different chambers and I'd probably send the blood the wrong way around from time to time. I would even forget my heart when I'm sleeping. So Alhamdulillah, Allah takes care of that just as he takes care of everything else. Imagine if Allah just one second, one second was, was uh, unaware. He says in uh, Ayatul Kursi that no fatigue nor sleep will overcome him. And that's, that's good, <laughs> because if it did, we would simply cease to exist in that very moment. We wouldn't be any longer. It's not that we would die. No, we would disappear. We would vanish into thin air or whatever. I mean, we are only here, as I said earlier, as the manifestation of the will of Allah. So if at any point Allah did not any longer will us, then we wouldn't be there. There would be there wouldn't be anything. There wouldn't be anything. It would all be gone and and, and, and not a trace would be there. So Alhamdulillah Allah is always conscious and aware. But we're not. And here Islam comes in because Islam is a wake-up call for us. Islam is, uh, Islam is a way to build people, wholesome, healthy, good people who do what they're supposed to do. And part of that obviously is protecting what we have, what we have been put in as protectors of. Not that, not that we have unlimited uh, options and possibilities to, to spoil everything because Allah can always stop us. He's done that right now with the whole world, but he could also do that in other ways uh, for all of us whenever and however he pleases. But we do have a lot of power. There's no other being uh, which can control everything the way we can. And that's also why everything has been put at our service. But if we abuse it, we're actually abusing ourselves because we're part of it all. We can't, we can't uh, in any way say that, that uh, out here is nature and uh, all of that which, uh, uh, which sort of is, is the world, the surrounding world, the, 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 uh, whatever, however we want to see it. And then I'm here sort of separate from this. No, we're part of it. Right now, 
if, if I think of, of uh, people in Asia, uh, they're basically hanging with their heads down and out into space. Because even this, uh, I mean, we're just a couple of, of, uh, of feet away from, from the surface of the earth, but that's where space begins in, in one way or the other. And so so we're, we're constantly out there in space, we're constantly part of everything, and uh, we cannot see ourselves as, as uh, separate from that. So whenever we upset nature, we actually upset ourselves at the end of the day. Allah says several times in the, in the Quran about people who do wrong to themselves. He, said, he says, it, it wasn't Allah who did this wrong to them. They did it to themselves. And that's what man has always been doing and that's what man is still doing now. So when, if we look at, at, at the wonderful example of Prophet Muhammad we could take so many different, uh, different hadith from him that throws light upon his fantastic concern for nature, for animals. Like for instance, uh, near uh, a public well, there would normally be like a sanctuary uh, to protect the water from getting contaminated. That was something that, that uh, he established as a simple and natural measure to do, to say, well, we have to, we have to protect the water source. So we, we make a kind of a sanctuary around it. Uh, he, was, he was always, he was way ahead of his time and, and place. And uh, even as, as we know, uh, when, when, when there were uh, contagious diseases, uh, he also advised people, for instance, if you are there in a place where there is a contagious disease, don't go out from there. And if you are somewhere outside and not near to this place, don't go in there. Uh, I mean, today is obvious. I mean, uh, we'd all say, yeah, so what? There's nothing new in that. And uh, yes, it is. But it wasn't that obvious back then. Uh, we're talking about uh, 1,400 years ago. Uh, he was uh, he was putting standards that, uh, that uh, or setting standards that that uh, people have to repeat even today uh, to act responsibly uh, in 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 case of uh, pandemics or epidemics or anything like it. And even when we look at the Muslim practice of wudu. Now in Denmark anyway, but I believe all over, people are being told to wash their hands and, and uh, have a high degree of personal hygiene uh, in order to avoid uh, being infected by this virus. This, uh, although it may be more than five times a day, which is recommended now, then at least this has been the practice of Muslims for more than a thousand years that we actually wash ourselves, our hands, our faces, our arms, and our feet uh, up to five times a day. Uh, so there's a great hygienic measure built into Islam. Uh, there's a lot of, 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 of these practices that we can see that are, that are normal within Islam, which 
which actually are very beneficial uh, in a situation like this. In Denmark some years ago, I believe, or maybe it was even last year, I'm not quite sure, they actually made a ban on, on, on uncovering their face uh, because they had found out that there were some Muslim women who were wearing niqab here. So they actually banned it. They, they could not ban the niqab as such because that would be, uh, that would be a, a kind of, of a racist pro, pro, proliferation because they would then just point out one group of people. So what they had to do, they had to make a general ban on covering uh, the, the lower part of the face in public. Now everybody has to do it as a measure of, of safety against this virus. I'm not saying that uh, that this was, we can say, part of the of the origin of niqab, but it's just interesting to see how things can change when 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 the whole situation changes. For me as a Muslim, it's important that I really try to to uh, be considerate towards the nature of, that Allah has put me into, that I, that I leave a very light footprint. Uh, and and uh, that means we, we have to think, like our beloved Prophet did, think of ways that we can act responsibly when we move around on this planet. And uh, maybe this maybe this crisis, this present crisis, uh, has given people a short break so they can stop and think uh, about what we were actually on to before and are we going to go back to that same way of living? Are we going to go back to that same rate of consumption? Or are we going to stop and think that uh, maybe there's another way of doing things? Somehow there seems to be, I don't know if it's all over, but anyway, uh, in parts of the world, there seems to be a growing consciousness about uh, looking at other values than just the, the, the uh, economic or, or business values that have been setting the standards. Uh, it has been the rule of money. I'm not saying that's gonna change but hopefully uh, the, even the, the, the big money pools uh, will also realize that, that, uh, that we have to also take other dimensions into consideration when we think of how to deal with this wonderful planet and how to deal with ourselves, how to act responsibly and how to conduct ourselves in order to create sustainability. Sustainability also was not a word which was uh, used at the time of the Prophet but it certainly was part of his agenda as we can see uh, with the hadith of the man washing his hands near the running stream. Sustainability is, is a great uh, part of, of our deen. Uh, so so uh, that is also something we should also be uh, always be conscious of as Muslims that we function in a sustainable way. And that's why I say, try to leave a light footprint uh, that, that, we, that we don't uh, come here and upset things. And we can do that on a personal level. Uh, of, of course, I mean, if you, if you really want to change something, uh, the bigger things have to change as, as they're doing right now, for instance, 
the ozone layer uh, is getting uh, a li little break here and, and uh, I believe that if the ozone particles uh, could do anything, they would have a big party going up there right now. And, and uh, pollution has lifted in many of the big cities and, and so on and so forth. So, so there is, uh, right now, there is a, we can say, uh, there's a, a, a lighter burden on the environment, but we can do something also on, on a smaller level. Uh, we can do something in our own homes uh, by being aware of how we deal with the matters. Uh, for instance, uh, not wasting, uh, for instance, food or, or uh, food items. Uh, don't buy more than you need. Uh, use what is there and don't throw anything out just because it says expiry date was yesterday. Check it. If it smells okay, if it looks okay, if it even you taste it, if it tastes okay, then it is okay. It's not that, that uh, things just expire because uh, a company has uh, had to stamp an expiry date on it. The, it's not long ago I, I saw uh, something about a kind of mineral salt which has been probably uh, built over a hundred thousand years or more but then as soon as it was bagged uh, into a bag and sold commercially then it suddenly had an expiry date one year later. Now, that doesn't make sense. Of course, this salt doesn't expire, but, but this is by law that, that uh, some food items, they have to have an expire date only one year later. So it, be, be conscious about these matters. Don't, don't let yourself be fooled to think that just because there is a date stamped onto something, that means that as soon as this date has passed, then it's like putting poison into your mouth. That's uh, normally not the case. And, and, uh, and things can go uh, quite far beyond that date, uh, unless they're extremely perishable uh, items we're talking about. But, but most items can go way beyond it. I recall a situation once when the war was on in, 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 uh, in Kosovo. I was in Albania and we were distributing uh, food items for of our refugees and suddenly I saw that uh, these bags that we had with some mixed nuts or whatever it was the expiry date was kind of one week later so I called the, the camp commander and said stop 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 we have to uh, we have to stop distributing this he said why I said because it will expire in a few days and if people don't need it we may get problems and and somebody may say we came with all the stuff and this and that he said, come on, we brought, we've been brought up with uh, things that were expired 10 years ago and we've still been eating it. So, so don't give me this now, continue. <laughs> and, and that's the way it works out there in many places. Uh, we're, we're sometimes we're getting a bit too, too edgy on these matters. Uh, but anyway, we have, a, we have a chance right now. The whole world has a chance to, to stop and, and rethink matters and, uh, and, and maybe stop this, uh, this continuous striving for more because there is a limit. There is a limit. Uh, we are in a limited space and we cannot expand beyond limit. And that's where we've been heading for the last many years. We've been heading down this consumption trail at a 
continuously increasing speed. And that's another thing about this whole consumerism is that if you don't continue increasing the speed, then you will actually stop at some level. And when you stop at, at a level, then you will decrease because of the inflation. So it's, it's all built into the whole money system that, that if we don't keep adding more and more and increasing the speed more and more, we're actually going to decrease. And that means for the businesses that they're not going to earn more next year than they did this, this year. And eventually they may even decline uh, they're not going to stop because people are always going to want some goods, but but they're not just going to expand in this uh, manic way, which has been happening for many many years. So I, I basically see this uh, this uh, present crisis as a wonderful chance for us to to uh, rethink the whole matter and and try to see if we can do things differently. And here. I mean, whatever movement you're talking about, whatever, whatever idea you're talking about, it always starts with somebody. Prophet Muhammad وسلم, was one person uh, who get, got his revelations from Allah and based on that he stood up and he woke up uh, by now, I think a third of the world or a quarter of the world's population have woken up to his call. So don't think that you can't do anything. He set a standard. None of us can ever, never, 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 never even get close to his standard. But, but he set a standard by starting out alone, even on an uphill struggle. But he continued because he knew his struggle was for the right and for the good. And... Allah, of course, had plans for him and he succeeded. And so will we, if we strive for the right and the good, we will succeed some way or another. And that's basically what we have to do. We have to grab this moment, this precious moment that we're in right now and say, this is a moment where maybe new ideas can be born, maybe new ways of, of, of uh, conducting ourselves uh, can see the dawn of light uh, because the whole world is right now in such a situation that that the ears are probably a bit more open and uh, and I think we have as Muslims we have a duty to to uh, to mention these things we have a duty to to stand up and and do what we can uh, and uh, try our best from each our individual as well as our collective point of view. When we take the big, um, the big uh, organizations working for, for uh, preserving nature, that could be uh, uh, World Wildlife Fund or whatever else, uh, it's actually astonishing that they're not run by Muslims or that at least Muslims are not some of the most important people in these organizations, because we have been directly given this task by Allah, uh, but but uh, but we were not lifting it to the extent that we should. So let's hope that this uh, present crisis can even wake us up from our slumber and 
and make us become more active and and uh, more visible uh, in the whole environmental uh, debate. So, um, so since I don't know when to stop, then I think I will I will leave it at here, and I, I will wish all of you the most wonderful day, a most wonderful Ramadan, and and nurun ala nur, inshallah, for all of you. Jazakallah khairan. Barakallahu feek, Shahab al-Wahid.